Hello and welcome to Deb and Friends Quest for Connection podcast. I am your anchor host, Deb Bowen, and I am so delighted and honored that you are joining us yet again this week as we examine the many ways in which we are all connected to each other, to Mother Earth, and beyond. I am delighted to have with me this week my wonderful co-host, Dale Rutman. Dale is a past life regressionist, a psychic medium, a paranormal investigator, and so much more. And Dale and I, in keeping with our theme for our podcast episodes during the month of April, which we think of as Earth Month, are going to be talking about water in many different aspects today. And Dale is exactly the person that I wanted to to co-host this particular episode with me because Dale and I together have a history about the metaphysical properties of water that we both got very similar information from our guides about working with water energy at the same time a while back. And then we're going to be talking about that and and how that looked uh, to us and, and how we're bringing that information to you. So sit back, enjoy. You may want to have a pad and paper, a pad of paper and a pen nearby because we're going to be offering some book recommendations and music recommendations and who knows what all else uh, as we go through our time together today. So, Dale, welcome, dear. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for asking me to talk with you about this subject because we are both passionate about this. We get a little bit excited when we talk about this. <laughs> we are excited about it. We really are. We and, are. And so Dale and I are going to talk about water in many different perspectives um, and also to, to present some ideas that uh, may not necessarily be ones that, that resonate for us, but that are certainly things to be considered by uh, some folks here on the planet. So, Dale, shall we start with telling people uh, about how you and I both got to be passionate about water and this topic? Well, sure. Um, Well, for me, um, whenever I was putting the information together that my guide had given me um, in doing some of this, this training that he wanted me to do, Um, One of the things that he wanted me to make sure that I included was the fact that um, water was was so important. And the reason water is so important is, you know, number one, um, the planet is, Mother Earth is 70% water. And um, and you were just telling me that we we are 70% water. So the connection between... um, us and Mother Earth is is matched up, and so I thought that was very very interesting. Um, and the one thing that is important is that we get enough water, we drink enough water to sustain us. And water is like our lifeline, it's our nourishment. But the important thing that he wanted me to tell people was that water needs energy to sustain us and to heal us, and it's uh, it wants movement. It needs movement. And so the one thing that he had told me to do and to tell everybody is water needs to be spiraled. So before we drink it, we need to energize it. And the way we energize it is we want to spiral it. We want to 
um, we want to move it and we want to move it clockwise and then we want to move it counterclockwise, which creates a balance when you do both of that. And that gives it energy. And then you can move it, create it that way. And when you drink it, you have had, you've had energized water. And that is really, really important. And also, Mother Earth needs moving water. And that got me thinking about um, stagnant water. You know, we're drinking water out of bottles. We're drinking water out of other things that's just stagnant. He also wanted me to say, don't drink distilled water. Don't drink water that's just sitting, sitting, sitting. And so, again, with Mother Earth, we want to make sure that it's coming out of a spring, it's moving, it's, it's energized, and she will energize it for us. So that's why, you know, you have the elixir recipe um, on, on the website, and I like it a lot. Um, and it's, uh, I call it an elixir. It's just energized water, basically, is what it is. Yeah, I do, and it's in an old blog post um, because at the same time that your guide was sending you that information, uh, an, uh, an entity that, that comes to me in meditation that I channel, who presents herself as Mary Magdalene, was telling me about the same thing that, that Dale was getting. It was really, I, I remember calling you and saying, I'm, I think I'm going crazy. You remember that conversation? <laughs> and you're like, no, you're not going crazy because I'm getting the same stuff. And we were. It was, it was as if information from the ethos was being downloaded into both Dale and me at the same time about the importance of this connecting to water and, most importantly, moving water. That it was so important that we work with the vibration of water and raise its vibration so that when we ingest it our vibrations too are raised and and as you've heard on earlier podcasts uh, we talk a lot about everything is energy everything is vibration and that is certainly true for us as and as human beings and it's true for water we're in essence the same thing we just vibrate at a different rate and the more rapid our vibrations we call that higher the higher our vibrations um, go and move, then then the higher we are in our evolutionary process of being able to be intuitive and to connect with spirit. Is that an okay way to explain that, Dale? That's an excellent way to explain it. And more and more as we move into the, uh, we're in the fourth dimension, we move into the fifth dimension, you'll hear less of the word vibration and more of the word frequency and uh, we want to get our, you know, our vibration frequency up higher. And one of the things we've had uh, some scientists uh, that have um, used different frequencies, and what they'll do is use different frequency, and they will uh, give water different vibrations and frequencies. And what will happen with the water, um, it will form itself or arrange itself in different patterns and they'll give the water say a high pitch sound frequency and it'll make different shapes and the shapes that the water makes like um if it's in a dish 
it will, uh, they'll hit it with a sound wave, and it will show a pattern that looks like, say, um, uh, say like a tetrahedron, tetrahedron, and it'll look like, say, maybe a, a cube or maybe a, a octahedron. And um, so it will, it looks like maybe the five platonic solids you know, um, so it's beautiful, and it will it will just vibrate, and it will separate itself into these shapes. And there's some great, great ones on uh, YouTube. Um, you can find them, Google them. And they're so beautiful, and it's amazing how a dish of water can hold those vibrations and those frequencies and it actually looks like that water is actually going to dance out of that plate, off of that plate. It just looks like it's alive. So that tells you that if that water can vibrate that high, that it makes those kinds of shapes, what could it do if it got inside your body? You know, it would just bring every cell in your body alive. And this is going to be what we're going to learn that's going to heal people, that's going to give us energy, that's going to bring us over the top as far as um, being aware of what's going on that's going to take us into the next dimension. So I get excited when I think about that. So once we start energizing this water, you don't want to drink bottled water that's got plastic whatever you know, floating around in it. I'd rather drink a bunch of water with tadpoles in it as long as they're jumping all around <laughs> than to drink a bottle of water with plastic. <laughs> and that I think, just kidding. I don't really want to drink a tadpole. But this is so exciting. And so vibration frequency, that's what we're going for. Definitely moving energetic water. Yes. I, I just, I just mesmerized listening to you talk. Uh, we will have a link to that YouTube uh, uh, video that Dale is talking about up on our Facebook page uh, in the next day or so, folks. But, Dale, as you're talking about this, I just want to do a little tiny parenthetical aside in that one of the things I've been working on behind the scenes as we are planning out some some long-range uh, episodes for Quest for, for Connection is a series of episodes on sacred geometry and the tectonic solids and uh, the platonic solids and just I'm, I'm mesmerized by all of that and so that's coming folks so so bear with us that that will be a whole other discussion as we get into spirituality and math and geometry but but that's coming down the pike but Dale you know as as we're talking about this notion of increasing vibrations in, in water and thus increasing vibrations in us. It's that may sound fairly complex, but the actual process to make that happen can be as simple as swirling water in a glass, right? And as simple as that, yes. Yes. Because you're energizing the water and you're and you're you know, you're giving it life again and that's what water wants. And so you're uh, putting a frequency in there. And so when you drink it, when you drink it down, you are drinking live energetic water and your body cells just, it just nourishes them 
every single cell and your body's frequency raises up. So when you do that and you um, your body sort of wakes up, then it's already starting on a positive. And because we need to drink more water, I know I do. I need to drink more water. I'm guilty of not drinking enough. If we drink the amount of water we're supposed to drink every day, then you're constantly getting that um you're getting that over and over all day. And then it's a constant refurbishing of that and replenishing that water, and that's replenishing and keeping your cells at a high vibration. And when we're vibrating high, when we're, when we're at top vibrational speed, so to speak, you don't get sick, you don't get depressed, you don't get into the negative, and you simply are more clear thinking, and you're more um, intuitive. It just, you just feel better. And then you can navigate through this world without feeling like you're dragging around weights around your ankles, you know? And you just don't have need for um, medicine. You um, you don't need to um, feel like you can't exercise. You feel like you can move faster. You just generally feel better. You know, as you're, as you're talking about that, Dale, I'm thinking about how, um, and, and certainly do not substitute what Dale and I are saying here for medical advice, okay? I oh, not put, at all. Not at all. Yes. I need, no I need to put a little legal, legal caveat into that, too, but. Uh, but I do, but I know that's true. And part of, for me, what you've just said, and I am, believe me, very guilty. You know, I'm a Southern girl, and I think the water ought to have tea in it. You know, and it ought to have some sugar yes. in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so, mm-hmm. so I, I know that. I mean, I, I know, I've heard of tea without sugar in it, but I don't understand that. But anyway, right. um, so that when you talk about doing the things you're you're saying that will will help us to be healthier physically that you that you just mentioned i think it also and and with our intuition and and certainly we're going to talk about the spiritual aspect of this as well but i think another piece of that is that it helps us to live consciously that when we are conscious of the water that we're putting in our bodies and and where it came from and what it's doing at a deep molecular level in our bodies, it also reminds us of our connection and our commitment to the rest of the planet. And and I know for me, when you and I were doing some preparation and discussion for for this episode, you were telling me numbers that were staggering to me in thinking of, of how much water we use on a daily basis that we're not even aware we use. Will, will you share some of that piece of the puzzle for folks? I will. Um, there is a, a book out there, and it's called Virtual Water, and Tackling the Threat to Our Planet's Most Precious Resource, and it's by Tony Allen. And he says, um, everything we buy, from food to electronics and energy, 
has a hidden cost, a hidden water cost. And he calls it, that's what he calls virtual water. And he says, so the growing and the producing packaging and just the distribution, say, of coffee beans means that a single espresso takes 140 liters of water to make. He says a slice of toast costs 40 liters, and that a serving of bacon requires 480 liters. That's a serving of bacon. And in the U.S., you mean like think, bacon like normal people eat? Right, a certain just a serving. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I know people who could eat a pack of bacon, you know. Oh, but, heck yeah, and that'd be oh wow, a, a lot more than how many pieces of bacon come in a pack, but. In the U.S. and the U.K., the average virtual water consumption to feed and water a meat-eating individual is 5,000 liters per day. 5,000 liters per day to feed and water a meat-eating individual, one person. That's 15 bathtubs filled to the brim. And... This is, now this is, he he won the 2008 Stockholm Water Prize. So this guy did his research over and over, and he knows what he's talking about. And this is, this is eye-opening. I mean, that he's just talking about one person, and this is the amount of water that one person needs for a day. So we don't think about, you know, how much water it takes just to for, for processed meat, you know. We don't think about how much water it takes to um, go to Starbucks and have a coffee. But, you know, you were talking about and you were concerned about us, us not being good stewards of water. And what happens if, if something dries up? What happens if a river dries up? What happens if? a main water source drives up. What happens if somebody buys up water and we can't afford to buy water from them and for us it dries up? What does that mean? I mean, that's very bad. It's horrifying, Dale. It's terrifying. And I don't think that most of us have this level of consciousness of our individual connection to what m- can happen on this planet in this in this way. I mean, you, you know, I think everybody listening to this uh, show to, knows about carbon footprints, for example, and and we know we we know this mm-hmm. um, at some level, but do we? How do we act on it? How do we do things differently? You know, last year when the Lakota people and many, many, many other folks uh, were at Standing Rock uh, to to protest the the pipeline and to fight for for their indigenous lands, and the 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 slogan for that movement was "Water is life." And be, I have friends who spent the winter there last winter. Um, at Standing Rock, and I had lots of conversations with them about that deeper meaning about water is life. I have friends whose worlds will radically change because their water supply is the Oglala Aquifer, which is the, one of the largest water sources in the, on, in the North American continent. 
and and what that will happen as that water supply is used up or dries up or is bought up by some large corporation and and I don't know whether or not that's in the works but but you know I know it has been certainly an issue in um, rivers in, in Colorado and California and so forth so so but we when we think about those kinds of large-scale issues and we we know that at some point we're a part of that but for example um, if you're a meat eater how much water for the planet do you save if say two days a week you don't eat meat I, I remember hearing about about some an idea of, of if you're a meat eater two, uh, one day a week you don't eat meat if you're a vegetarian one day a week you don't eat dairy if you're you know and so that you go and if you're a vegan you you fast one day so that so that every one of us along that continuum is in some way consciously connected to what we can do for the planet I said this on the episode last week and I'll say it again this week I believe it was and I checked this and it was Julia Butterfly Hill who said when we throw something away where is a way Exactly. Where is a way? Where is a way? Well, you know, eventually there is no way, and 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 I live very near the ocean, folks, and I love that ocean more than I can tell you. It makes me want to cry. How much I love mm-hmm. that sea. Mm-hmm. And and it and it breaks my heart when I see those videos of the, of the plastic ocean and what's happening out there. And yet I know that there are people out there doing great things really working to try to counteract what we as humans have have done to this planet and yet each of us individually in our own world could do more right uh, well you know? the, tr- the truth is right now and you and you know this better than I do there are individuals in the United States right now buying up land that have miles and miles and miles and miles of water and we don't know what they're going to do with the water, okay? Um, and these people are already multi-billionaires. <laughs> you know, they're, they don't do, they're not doing it for the money. But so we have to think about in community-minded ways. So my, um, my answer, my personal answer to those things are, Stay in your community, active in your community as much as possible. And my um, my answer to be uh, to that would be, and and I get this from my guide too, is grow as much food in your own community as you can. Um, think about growing food in your garage or in your backyard or in your shed or whatever. Um, and think about moving it to a hydroponic way of growing your food, which means that you're going to need water. But this, this idea is to invite in to your community people that have a resource for water. And it could be someone that has, you know, a lake or a um, spring or something like that. That is really important because... If it ever gets to the point where, and I'm not trying to put fear in anybody, because I don't believe we should live our lives with fear. We live our lives uh, in a non-fear space, but we can be uh, resourceful. And um, 
So we bring in those people. So one person provides a food source and one person provides a water source and one person provides this and this. And it will eventually come down to it's great to barter. And so we got something to barter with. And then it won't matter, you know, what anybody else is doing with their 10,000 miles of water or whatever. Because in our community, we're self-sustaining. And I believe that there's strength in that. And there's connectedness in that. And I believe that overall, in those communities, when we connect, we can connect globally. And that's where the strength is going to be and the success is going to be. And I think that's an important piece of that puzzle because so far our conversation in this hour has been primarily focused on um, first world uh, concerns. And certainly if we look at developing countries and water issues there, there's a whole other host of of issues. And yet uh, up until first world folks got involved, I think developing countries sort of managed to figure it out, uh, and now that is no longer the case. And as in as as technology and uh, industrialization encroaches on developing countries and and what's uh, what's available to to those people, so I think it's it, it goes back to a slogan from probably the original Earth Day celebration, and I'm I'm not sure I've got this right, but I bet I'm darn close. And you'll remember this day, all those very early Earth Day. Uh, I'm now telling you all my age, but back in the early <laughs> 70s. And, <laughs> and, and the, very, the slogan was, think globally, act locally. Right. Remember that right. slogan? Perfect. It still is applicable today, I think. It sure uh, is. I, I really do. You know, I believe mm-hmm. it is. Um, so, Dale, let me stop us here with the halfway mark, and uh, let me let me stop us and tell folks who we are and what in the world they're listening to, and uh, tell them a little bit about you and me and what we're doing, and then we'll get back and perhaps in the second part of our time uh, move a little more into the notion of of the spirituality of this work and okay. our connection to to water. So, folks, you are listening to Deb and Friends Quest for Connection podcast. And we are so happy that you are a part of this quest for connection with us. My name is Deb Bowen, and I am the anchor host for this adventure of eight of us co-hosting a wide variety of topics on the idea of being connected to each other and the planet and beyond as we move through our time together. We come to you with a new episode every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. And then after that, in addition to being archived on Blog Talk, you can hear that uh, each week's episode and uh, archived editions on iTunes and YouTube. So we're, uh, we have three outlets in which you can listen to us. You can also connect with us on our Facebook fr- uh, page, which is called Deb and Friends Quest for Connection. And we'd love for you to be a part of our Facebook uh, community as well as listening to us on the air. Uh, we, we archive there every week for you uh, information about each week's show's topics, 
books and music that we recommend, uh, YouTube videos that, that we may recommend. So checking in on us on Facebook uh, and actually coming to our page is really helpful. We're also going to uh, later in May, maybe late May, uh, start once a month doing a question and answer show. And you can see how to connect with us with any questions that you have on our Facebook page as well. As I said, there are eight of us on this team. And if you'd like to learn more about each of us and our services and our biographies, you can see all of that on my website, which is debbowen.com, D-E-B-B-O-W-E-N.com. So there are lots of ways in which you can connect with us, and we certainly love connecting with you. My co-host this week is Dale Rutman. Dale is a past life regressionist trained by Dolores Cannon. She is a psychic, a medium, a paranormal investigator, uh, an intuitive uh, coach. I can't even tell you all the stuff that Dale does. But Dale, you can, and tell us how to connect with you. (laughs) You can connect with me. Um, You can email me in. My email address is um, H-E-H-E-W. Am I saying this right? I, I've totally lost my train of thought. H e h e w t i t h e woody one at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And I just want to say we have got the best listeners in the whole world. I just met a person this morning who was one of our listeners. And they're so smart and so educated. And they they just... They're wonderful. We have the we have the best ones. I'm convinced. So we love you all. So happy that you're listening. We really we really are very grateful. I will put um, on Facebook uh, after this episode airs as well uh, information on how to connect with Dale and give you her email address. That's um, an interesting word. So uh, it's and it's actually a zero, not a one. By the way, is your oh, is it a zero? I'm sorry. I do it. I'll do it for you. It's H-E-H-E-W-U-T-I-0 at gmail.com. But I'll put that on our our Facebook post for everybody so you'll know how to be able to connect with Dale. And if you're interested in having a session with her, uh, you can email her about how that happens. So there you go. You're so lucky that you've got the brains. We just have... We just show up. Oh, that's so <laughs> not true. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's not true. <laughs> you, you know, folks, when, and I, I, I just a tiny little aside here, but, but when I came up with this idea for this podcast, I really gave a great deal of thought to which of my friends, and, and I'm blessed with lots of them, would be the right people to really bring together so many different worldviews and beliefs and practice modalities to enrich your lives as listeners. And and I am, um, sometimes I cry. I'm so honored to have my wonderful friends on this journey with me. So uh, thank you to you, Dale, and thank you to all of you who are listening. We are, we are so happy that you're here. Thank you. We got some good ones there. But I want to know, Deb, my question is this. How did everybody get so... Um, in love with bottled water. It gets on my nerves, you know? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I see everybody 
walking around with a bottle of water like it might be a glass of champagne. So how how did that happen? I, that I think happen? it was I think it was a great marketing ploy from somebody. Uh, and I think that, that probably what began it, at least in, in my town, was that not only, you weren't just walking around with a bottle of water. You had a cool bottle of water, that it was in a cool-shaped bottle, and it was water from a cool place like in Europe, you know. And yeah. so that was part of it. And then this, the, the whole um, uh, kind of new aging moving, you know, you, if you were going to do yoga or do whatever, you always had to have your little bottle of water with you, this, that, and the other, and, which is great. I mean, you know, yes, we should certainly keep water with us and hydrate ourselves all the time, but uh, I think we became such a, an instant convenience society that water just naturally became a part of, of that. Um, I, I try real hard not to have anything to do with bottled water, but I am very blessed in that I live in a place where uh, my water comes from a, a, a good aquifer. It does not come from a river that has been polluted upstream by some chemical company. Right. So and, uh, I'm and, very and fortunate. We're creating, you know, we're just creating more and more plastic, more and more plastic. And, you know, you said something about it really breaks your heart when you see this plastic. You live in the ocean and you see this plastic accumulating. And, you know, it's like, do we don't we just do we not see that now you know we're drinking bottled and I, I drink bottled water I'm, I mean I'm not saying that I don't ever drink it you know I uh do that but I mean I'm I'm thinking that now you know we're finding things in in bottled water in plastic bottles we need to make that a priority of things for us to take a look at and decide where are we going to put our priorities as far as water is concerned? Where are we going to put our money as far as water is concerned? And are we going to take care of the water on this earth and make it pure and clean? Or are we just going to keep on producing more trash, water in work and create more trash? Um, it's, it's time to do that. It's, it's really time to take a look at that. So, it is. It is. Yeah. I, Go ahead. I agree. And I just, I think it's a, you know, I think we're inviting people during this hour for, to consciousness. Right. Uh, about, about what we're doing, you know, um, with, with that 70% of this planet. What are, what are we really doing here? Well, you know, it's like, it's, it's big business. I mean, it's like, what? I mean, into the millions of dollars, it's into, I mean, everybody um, walks around with it. There's so much waste accumulated. And, you know, it's like, it's, every, I mean, everywhere you go, everywhere you look, and then what is it they, I think that we produce something like 85 million bottles from, from bottled water a day, the United States, just in the United States. Um and then think of the amount of money that we spend, you know, just just on that. So it's time that we take a look at that and say, you know, basically all we're produ- producing is waste, especially if it's not going to be 
healthy for us. And it's just flat water. And that's what I call it now. You know, you, you, know, you want flat water? And people say, oh, what's flat water? It's just water in a bottle. It's just flat. You know, um, so there's no frequency to it. There's no vibration to it. Once you take it out and energize it, you can do that. So I think that's something we need to think, to think about, really to think about. And certainly we need to look at it when we buy a bottle and pour it into a glass or whatever we're going to do with it. And if it's got particles floating around in it, I would back away from that. But we really need to energize our springs and our, our natural water resources and energize those and protect and treat those just like the gold that we treat these plastic bottles. And we need to get would, that consciousness going. I would I would agree with you on that. And so let's let me just kind of put another spin on, on what you're saying. And that is that if if we think of water as energy and as a a, a vibration. And that water's really been here. Water, water just, it is. It's, there are millions of, for millions and millions of years, it moves in terms of its availability, you know. Uh, it may dry up here. It may be available here. It may come down as rain and then, you know, whatever. But um, if we can look at water not only as uh, an element in terms of physicality, H2O, water, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. hydrogen and oxygen, but if we can look at it as one of the five elements that bring balance into our lives and into the planet, and those five elements in, in my practice are earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. And so if we can look at water as one of those five elements and think of the spiritual connection that we can have to the water element. And at some point, again, further down the way, you'll, we'll be doing some uh, podcasts and, and classes on the five elements. But, but just for a minute to consider that water is because of its fluidity, of course, it is connected to um, our unconscious mind. We're not, you know, we're not always conscious of of water and and water represents that for us. It's it's connected to our unconscious mind. It's connected to setting uh, intentions, and going within, connected into introspection. When, when I think of the water element in the way that I'm talking about it now as one of the five elements and that place of introspection, for me that is a notion, I, I always have this vision, I have two visions when I in, uh, go here. One is that I'm out in the ocean and I am just floating and I am supported and buoyed by um, a cocoon of, of, of embryonic fluid almost that's, that is Mother Ocean for me. And, you know, for me that's a time and a place to just breathe. If you've ever gone, just floated in water and listen to yourself breathe. 
there is that rhythm and that silence that almost comes with almost the, the feeling of, of the motion of the water. Your breath, without you consciously thinking about it, moves you into that rhythm of the same pattern of movement in your breathing as is the water. And it's and I also envision myself in some kind of a a cave that's water filled that takes me into that place of introspection that water helps me ask the hard questions who am i where am i going where is home what what is my life really all about water right. helps me to go there and it gives me that um support as I strive and will always, I think, continue to strive to answer those questions. We also can think about water in terms of a direction, and it's related to the West in in my uh, beliefs. And and I think of that not as a place, well, certainly it's a place of the sun going down and, and setting, but it's also that place of of the unknown. Right. in the west we don't we don't know um, what's there and there are certain animals and plants that are connected to the element of water for example um, of course all sea beings whales dolphin fish um, all uh, octopi octopuses joel taught me not it's not octopi it's octopuses uh, mm-hmm. squids every everybody who lives in the in water uh, and and in freshwater as well. I forget about that sometimes. But all those beings that live in water, each of them has their own vibration. Each of them brings an energy and a lesson to teach us uh, about ourselves and the world around us in that water energy. And then there are mythological beings that are connected to water energy. Undines and sprites, for example, which may be real. I'm not sure. We'll have to ask Sherry about that. But, but you know, there's this, there's this a whole, for me, a whole metaphysical connection and a spiritual connection to the energy of water that, that I'm aware of in my day-to-day existence because of where I live uh, and also in just the idea of being more connected to that metaphysical and spiritual part of myself and the world around me when I drink or use water. So I know I've just talked for a long time. I'll hush. Your turn. <laughs> yeah, I well, I mean, and, and, this, and this energy that you're describing is very, sounds very, very powerful. And that, that is what I so love about it. And this is, this is where, you know, I get it. This is where when the assay thing and I talk about my guys, um, this is what I, when they talk about its importance, it's because and when you were talking, that's how I get it, that it's so powerful. It has so much power behind it um, because it does so much. And in the physical uh, reality, in the non-physical reality, it's just so powerful in both of those realities, just just both of them. And, you know, I was thinking as you were talking, you know, um, you know, Nazaro Moto and then the work he did, um, you know, messages in water and the messages that he was getting and 
how he was freezing the water, and then he would look at it under the microscope and how he was reacting to things that were said and messages that he would, you know, uh, he would write messages on the outside of the water, the containers that the water was in, and then he would freeze the water, and then when he would look at it under a microscope, um, the messages that had positive things or music or whatever, the you know, the water would just look like diamonds, and the ones that didn't have positive things or was listening to a certain type of music would uh, be muddy, cloudy, ugly, and um, and all the work he did in that, it was making a difference. And I was thinking, you know, you know, just he had some examples of the Fujiwara uh, Dam and how muddy that water was. And when people went out and just said a prayer over it, they came back, they brought water back, and they froze it, and they looked at it, and it had changed into beautiful, beautiful ice crystals. And so I would encourage everybody, plus myself, I should do, any water that we walk past, just stop and say a prayer over it. And just that intention and prayer alone I think could help us change the energy in that. And if we all do it just a little bit, I know that can make a big difference. And it can happen in the non-physical and the physical world. And it can it can be so powerful. Absolutely yeah. it can. And I would say this, you know, and now let me in in all fairness folks it, it, there are lots of detractors from Emoto's work. Uh, there are lots of the hidden messages in water is probably his most famous book in, on this topic, and and he died in 2014. But uh, certainly there are people who who have not been able to replicate his studies or who try to debunk his work. And you know, okay, all right, it's maybe so. Uh, I personally would like to believe that his work was credible and he did what. Uh, his work was valid, but whether or not it was, it, whether or not it was, what in the world could it hurt right. to do what Dale has just suggested we do, to say nice things to water, to, to bless it, to say prayers over it? What in the world would that hurt? Just to smile it. Yeah, I, I guarantee you it will taste better. I, I, I am, I, it does taste so much better if you do that. If you do that, I, I think it tastes great. I I don't like dead flat water, um, personally, you know. Um, so if you can definitely swirl it, make the vortex out of it, um, it is it is a whole lot better. So um, just for that reason alone, you should just give it a try, you know. Absolutely. And, and <clears throat> yeah, get those body cells. Um, just get those things, just wake them up and get them, get the vibration in them going, and you feel better just with that. You know, Dale, when you and I began this uh, work together in looking at raising vibrations of water, we were taught uh, to use a tuning fork. And we were taught yeah. to use a Herkimer diamond as a part of the uh, creating what you and I at that time called an elixir process. And I know that there are folks who are going to be listening to this podcast who are going to say, but wait, Deb, 
you 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 wrote this in, on a blog post some time ago about using these. How ha, how and why has that shifted or not, or is or are those still valid techniques? Those are valid techniques, and you can still do that. Um, I have talked to my guide about that. I've asked him about that, and he said yes, those are valid techniques. Many people were having a hard time. Number one, Herkimer diamonds are very hard to come by, and they are very expensive. Um, and so, um, so as long I was told by him, as long as you get a vortex, as long as you do the spiral back and forth, counter, uh, clockwise, counterclockwise, and you move the water with with the intention that you're putting the energy in there, then you're fine. And so that right now is enough. Um, if you want to use the tuning fork, I do still use those. Um, yeah, I still use those, and I use the Um But not everyone has access to that, and not everyone, if you're at work or someplace like that, um, it's a, it gets a little crazy if you start breaking all those things out. So um, <laughs> they got that. <laughs> <laughs> so you can just use a spoon or a teaspoon in a glass, and you can swirl it without looking too crazy. <laughs> but I have, I have people coming to me saying, I can't do this. My parents are in the room, or I can't do this. I'm at work, you know, that kind of thing. And um, so as long as you make a vortex and you go counter, uh, clockwise, then counterclockwise, you're okay. You're energizing the water. So... Right, Right. you can do that with a a spoon, certainly. Uh, Please don't do it with a straw. I am a big anti-straw girl, you know, Uh, so please don't don't use a plastic straw, but but certainly a, a, you know, stainless steel teaspoon will work. Another thing that you can do, and nobody needs to know you're doing this, I mean, you talk about being discreet, put your hands around a glass. Yes. Just hold the glass in your hands. And take a deep breath and send love and energy and kindness and and um, the intent of raising the vibration on the water, and that will help. And you'll have yeah, to do a thing do, for that. You can do it, yeah, you can do it with your mind. You can just do it with your mind. You can just imagine it going one way and then going the other. Um, and, um, and you're fine. You're absolutely fine because, you know, we're in the fourth dimension now, so we have the ability to do that. We have the ability to do that. Right. And, and, and you know, I think while we're on the subject of sending up thoughts or prayers or whatever may work for you, or, or at least an awareness of, of this, I, Dale, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about large-scale water issues like, you know, melting glaciers and Antarctica and things like that. I don't even know how to tackle that other than to say, I I can't breathe sometimes when I think about it. I know. It's so sad because, you know, we're putting putting carbon into the air, and that causes global warming. And then the global warming causes, you know, the glaciers to melt. And and it's been a while since I've been to Alaska, but when I was there, they were telling us that the glaciers were melting by one foot a day, a day. 
And I was just talking to a lady a couple weeks ago, and she she was there just recently, and she said that they were going to walk some of the glaciers. And she said where they got their tickets and where they had to walk to to get to a glacier was a long way. And she said she asked them, why is it so far from where you get your ticket to go to a glacier? They said, it, used, it wasn't like that. This used to be a glacier, but it's all melted. And so now it's dirt. So now where you buy your ticket is dirt for a long way before you ever get to a glacier. It's all melted. Sure. And I've and been trying to read that. about and, uh, yeah, understand the permafrost, you know, uh, yeah. in the land. Yes. And, you know, we've got, you know, now that they're talking about on the new, you know, atmospheric rivers. I mean, how many people have heard of atmospheric rivers when you were growing up? And it's all just stuff that's up in the air that causes all this moisture. And then it causes rain. It just dumps the rain out. It's just like a big rain river that forms and it just dumps it all out, you know. We used, we never used to have to worry about stuff like that. And right now we're in this in this area of uh, these weird climate changes and temperatures and and all these anomalies. And so, um, you know, we've got so much going on globally in that way. And we really need to pay attention and anything we can do, each of us can do on our own. If I don't care, just pick up a paper cup off the ground, you know, um, just we need to be just be aware and be good stewards and just keep our eyes open and and see what's going on around us and just see what we can do to help out and form these communities, you know, not just for water, but for each other and for food and good, good plant-based food, you know. Um, so we can start there and the food is going to be a whole lot better. It will be a whole lot better. So... And you- and I think those communities are, I know, I think those communities are happening uh, around us. I, I read about them. And, and certainly as I am getting older, I certainly have friends who we joke about, you know, well, we're going to sit on the rock, rock uh, porch and rock and uh, one friend's going to listen to the Beatles and somebody else is going to listen to the Grateful Dead, and, you know, and then we're all going to plant stuff and, and take care of each other. And, and, you know, we joke about that and yet we mean it. Oh and, God! I'm already listening to the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew you'd know there. The Beatles, there. But you know, it becomes a matter of of real of of really caring communities, and and we you know we need folks younger than us there too. So it needs to be absolutely, uh, absolutely. A, a wider range of people uh, who can come together and really nurture and support each other and do it mindfully. You know, we use that word mindful a lot, but... We do. And, you know, I really have so much faith in the millennials, and I know they're going to get us through this because they already know innately what it took us 50 years to try to figure out, and they just uh, have come in so so smart and so intelligent. So 
um, and so sensitive. So um, I'm 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 there with them. I really am. I really am. So I, I can do. I, I, I've had a lot of conversations with with folks uh, in that whatever that millennial range is, mm-hmm. and I'm just blown away and hopeful. Really, really oh, yeah. hopeful. Yeah. Uh, me too, and I, I'm, I'm excited for them. I really am. Yeah, me too. Um, well, Dale, we're about out of time. We've got a minute or two more. Is there anything else that we have missed on our agenda or anything that you want to, to drive home again before we begin to close out here? Well, I think that I think I pretty much covered everything. I think that um, I think that we're, you know, we wouldn't be all here at this show connecting. We're all connecting. The listeners are, are connecting with us. And I think we all have a heart for what we're doing. And I think that, I think we can do it. I think that it's just a matter of, uh, you know, just keeping it kind of current and present. And, um, and, and I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful. So um, I'm excited about what we're doing. And I, want, I can't wait to hear from some of our listeners to see what they think. I hope so, too. And I, I hope that, that this soapbox that Dale and I have been on for this hour resonates with you <laughs> and, and that you, um, you feel like that you, too, have power, because you do, yeah. mm-hmm. and you have control, and there you do, and you have choices, and you do, and we, we hope you'll, you'll make them for you and for the notion of, of you being connected to so many uh, in the world around you, the two-legged, four-legged, winged, swimming, crawling people and Mother Earth and Mother Ocean herself. So we, we hope that all of this will resonate for you in some way as we continue to connect. Thank you all so very, very much for being with us here at Quest for Connection. I am Deb Bowen. My lovely co-host this week is Dale Rutman. You can learn more about us as you listen on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, YouTube, and connect with us on Facebook. So thank you all again. Dale, thank you for being with me. Oh, thank you. And in the meantime, thanks, dear. And in the meantime, you folks keep questing. Take care. Bye-bye.